Coming to you from the kingdom of Marion. This is the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening in this world. I'm gonna tell you a funny story. This is a story about a small town. Actually, more like a small city. Big town, small city, somewhere in between. But it's really something. It's a Midwestern town city and um, it's called Smartville what a name right I mean with a name like that and uh, frankly for all intents and purposes it appears as though that the uh, the whole city's smart I mean, the uh, mayor, the chief of police, and uh, certainly the citizens are smart. And uh, everybody knows it. As a matter of fact, the mayor, chief of police, etc., they are always reminding the citizens of just how smart they are. And why are they smart? Well, <laughs> they live in Smartville. <laughs> and uh, I guess it just doesn't get any better than that. Well, then, when you look at this city, you look at its history... There was, in the past, there was quite a lot that you could look at and say, hey, yeah, I think these people are pretty smart. I mean, they had manufacturing. They had the lumber mills. It was good. You know, times are good and people buying homes and Things are pretty stable. All the people, the folks, they knew each other. Crime wasn't, <laughs> crime wasn't even a consideration. It was that low. But the thing is, um, that was some time ago in Smartville. As a matter of fact, uh, things changed for the worse about 30 years ago. But the name remained the same. And so, since that represents a current generation, well, overall, I, I suppose the Folks that lived there considered themselves pretty smart. Not in a conceited way, just 
they're pretty smart because, well, they lived in Smartville. <laughs> and things here are pretty smart. Except for the changes that took place. So the um, city council chief of police, it's important to note that um, they themselves do not actually technically live in Smartville. They actually live on the outskirts of Smartville. They have nice homes. And they're pretty content. They're pretty happy. And um, so it came as quite a surprise when on a research mission, a reporter who was studying towns and cities and how they're doing and how they work, he came to that uh, city and started doing his research. And he noticed there were some discrepancies. There were some things that didn't quite add up. And um, he started writing down his information and um, the things that he had compiled. And one of them, for instance, was a report concerning a tire company. And, um, well, I'll just tell you, it was a major tire company. And actually, there were two. Um, so... There were two very big tire companies, tire, what you'd call tire auto centers. You know, where you go to get your tires for your car. And what he noticed um, was competitively, they offered a deal and it seemed great. I guess it was, you could look at it and say, well, it's, it's kind of trying to encourage you instead of just, say, replacing a couple of tires to buy a set of tires. It's like, okay, nothing surprising about that. And so what they did and what they offered was depending on your vehicle, whether, say, for instance, it was a small economy-type car or a small SUV versus a big truck kind of deal, that they offered a, a rebate on the tires. And I don't remember the numbers exactly, but it was somewhere, again, depending on what you needed and what you wanted to buy, 
that you could get a uh, anywhere from say a $60 to a $250 rebate on a full set of tires. And hey, I mean, who wouldn't like that? That sounds like a plan. Sounds like a winner to me. And um, a lot of people, they took advantage of that. And they had this deal pretty <clears throat> pretty regularly. So you only had two major tire centers. And they offered this fantastic deal of a rebate on a set of tires for your vehicle. And um, so you paid full price. And then anywhere from they would let you know it was somewhere from a month to two months, depending. You uh, you get a check, you get a, a rebate for the tires. It's like, okay, hey, it sounds good. But then this guy, he started thinking... Because maybe a lot of people weren't. Because he asked, just curious, just going into one of these places, he asked him a really simple question. And he said, well, that's great and everything, but why can't I just get the discount now? Instead of, you know, through the snail mail and all that, why can't, why can't you just discount the tires right now? And the folks at the tire centers just kind of shrugged. The answer was the same. And they said, well, we don't know. That's, that's just the way they do it. And that's what they offer. And. That's the way they do it. And it's like, okay. Then he got to thinking some more. And what he found out was that there was not a problem with receiving the rebate. You eventually got your rebate. It might take a month or two, but you got your rebate. So it wasn't like they were claiming that they were going to give you a rebate and then they reneged and they didn't. They did. But what he was thinking about was the time in between the time that you got your rebate what happened? Where's the money? What, what do you do? And here's the thing. The thing is, what he figured out was that you can't really, well, you can't really do anything until you, <laughs> until you get your rebate. And then he got to thinking, okay, well, that money is somewhere, that extra 
money that you pay up front. And what it is that he uh, discovered was pretty shocking. He was shocked anyway, and I was pretty surprised myself. Because what it is, is that the money, the from the top money, is a form of usury because they use that money, your money, for a month or so, and they use it as they will and as they do for that period of time. And you get nothing. Now, if you think of this in terms of just you, maybe depending on your um, your attitude towards this, maybe it doesn't bother you. Maybe it's no big deal. On the other hand, when you think of it in terms of using your money and there is, because it's a business transaction, there is no interest. Well, where does that go? What's going on with that? And the fact is, there isn't, for you, there's nothing. Now, Let's take that same scenario and multiply that many, many thousands and thousands of times. Now, if you see where I'm going with this, this amounts quite literally to millions of dollars that's used interest-free that can be used any way they want without borrowing from any financial institution. And uh, it's like borrowing free money. And so you have, if you're the big company, you literally get these millions of dollars that are kind of in escrow, but you can use that money for your own purposes, whatever those purposes may be, and you don't have to pay anything on it. You don't have to pay any financial institutions, not a bank, not a credit union, hell, not even the government. It's free usury of money and the millions of dollars, perhaps hundreds of millions, interest-free. That is not good for the consumer. It's good for business, I'm sure they love it. Not so good for Joe Schmo. 
but the point here is that Joe Schmo, as the individual, more often than not, is not even thinking about that, is not even considering that. For most folks, it doesn't even cross their mind. And, I mean, that's pretty much the way it is. But they should. Because, for instance, let's say you go to the tire company and that tire company also, how conveniently, they just happen to have a credit card. So you can put tires, a set of tires, and you can finance them on the credit card. But in most cases... Whereas the payments that have to be made, there is the interest on that. And you have to, you are expected to pay that. So one collective group, the owners, they essentially get the use of money at no fees and no interest but the same does not apply to you. This is not even just that alone. This is not a small issue. Because what I'm trying to put across with this is that that very situation that I just described in Smartville is actually nationwide. So, big town, small town, big city, it doesn't matter. It's all the same, the same procedure. That is part and partial of the difference between the city leaders of Smartville versus the citizens. For instance, he actually, this reporter, he actually uncovered a whole, well, a whole slew of other inconsistencies. One of them was that in the history of the city, over a 30-year period, that the percentage of actual home ownership had dramatically decreased. And as we all know, when that happens, then other problems take hold as well. Because when you replace these home units with rentals, rentals are basically transitory. And so 
if you've ever been familiar with people who live in established areas, homes and homeowners, the last thing that they want in close proximity are rentals simply because of the transitory nature of the people who are going to be living there. Again, these are not owners. And when you're not an owner versus people who are owners, there is a completely different dynamic between you. When I was much younger, I experienced this myself. There were the people who lived on the block who had been there for several, perhaps many years, and to a greater or lesser extent, they were comfortable. Perhaps they were friends. Because with home ownership, with a sense of permanence, and familiarity, this is the consequence of that. But one thing in unison they didn't like was any structure of a rental unit. It didn't matter if it was even an individual house. They didn't like that. They didn't want that. And the other thing that they really didn't want was any kind of affordable housing development. Mm -mm. Didn't want that at all. Now, from the homeowner's point of view, I can see that. I can understand that. I can appreciate that. But here's the thing. Many of those people 20, 30 years ago who vehemently did not want this have ended up losing their own homes. Typically, loss of job. So in this town, when the mills want belly up, or any other manufacturing uh, factories want belly up. Well, the lives of the people who had those homes, and up until that point, let's say, they had been paying their mortgage payment on time, just like a green grocer. And then suddenly, all that changes. The entire, the entire dynamic changed. And when that happens, well, here's the thing. Oftentimes, actually more often than not, we don't know the plight of the people who were up until a certain point actual home buyers. I'm not 
I'm not even talking about those people that had really been there for quite some time. And maybe they got those homes way back in the day for twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Um but due to the economy, maybe the mills closed, they own these homes, so they have the worth of the home, they have the equity. So when problems started have happening, for instance, like, um, well, husband or wife loses job, but you need a new car or you need a new roof for that home. Well, if you don't have enough savings, you've got to get the money from somewhere. And how convenient. There's the bank who are more than happy to help you. However, remember those folks who were the mayor, the city council people, chief of police, the core people of that community. Remember how he said they lived on the outskirts? Yeah. So when the city spirals down economically and suddenly the writing begins to show on the wall of where things are headed. Well, the entire, again, dynamic begins to change. And sometimes it changes slowly and sometimes it's rapidly. It all depends. Depends on many factors. But you can rest assured all those other folks that I just mentioned, they're just fine and dandy because this is, after all, Smartville. But here's the thing, with all of the various, often nefarious deals that take place, the financial uh, games that are played, they know, they know, they have their finger on the pulse. They, they know exactly what is taking place. And amongst themselves, although they would never admit it, never admit it so that it never gets out to the common people of a given town. But their nickname, since the change in particular took place, is they actually call it Dummy Town. Amongst themselves, it's referred to as Dummy Town. And that's the way they feel about the mass of the residents in their own town where they live. That they are dummies. That they are somehow less than human. Because unlike themselves, and the fact is, frankly, that select group were actually quite lucky. But they don't, 
they don't consider that. It's just that somehow these people who are now in trouble are deficient. They are the dummies. So this undercurrent that is so pervasive with, you know, Smartville and the fact that actually the ones who are on top of the pile consider it to be Dummyville. And you know what? The thing is this. I tell you all of this, and the reason I tell you all this is because that is a illustration of what is taking place right now and where we are all across America. Everywhere. There are, like the lottery, there are winners and there are losers. So, one thing you might be wondering at this point, and that totally makes sense, is here on Funny Fridays, where where's the humor? You might say, I, I don't I don't get it. How's this funny? Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you that amongst the people, regardless of what city you're in and how far down the spiral it has went, especially say perhaps in towns where you remember where it was a beautiful small town with great people, that you have people who are laughing up their sleeves because when all of these institutions and such collect and foreclose on your property because of what has taken place and you have no protections. And it's not like we're talking, I'm not talking about the people who were like you. I'm talking about the people who seized property at every opportunity. So you're just another mark. You're just another thing to be taken from. For them, it's hilarious. And how do I know this? Because on more than one occasion in my life, unbeknownst to them, I witnessed it firsthand. Because as far as they were concerned, I was one of them. And, well, you know how it is. If folks feel that you're one of us, well, I was privy to things that were just, in this respect, absolutely disgusting. On several occasions. So, 
I promised you a funny story, and I delivered it. Because for those folks, it's absolutely funny. And that's the truth. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And if you really liked what you heard, tell a friend. This is Ernest Mann saying be careful in this crazy mixed up world. Crazy mixed up world. Crazy mixed up world.